This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 1, Episode 11. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Aaron Picor of Nyad Soap Arts in San Diego, California. Like so many people in the challenging economy we are now thankfully coming out of, Erin was laid off of her traditional job as a graphic artist back in 2007. But before that happened, she was lucky enough to have made a habit of participating in regular crafty afternoons with some of her friends. And after she was laid off, it seemed like a good idea to start selling some of the things she had learned how to make on some of those crafty days. The next thing you know, she's got an Etsy shop. Fast forward seven years and her products are sold in multiple online venues and also in a growing number of retail stores nationwide. Erin shares some really great wholesale tips in this episode and a few great apps that you definitely want to check out to fancy up your Instagram feed. And at the end, her best three-word phrases to encourage you to be successful in your business. You do not want to miss those, so be sure to listen all the way through to the end. You can get a summary and the resource links for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 11. I'll be right back with Aaron Picor. Good morning, Aaron Picor from Nyad Soap Arts. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Hi. And you are in Southern California, right? I am. I'm in San Diego. Um, actually, we're a little bit north of the city, so we're near Miramar uh, Air Force Base. And if you hear jets flying over, that's because of them. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, it's so <laughs> great. So, so great to get a chance to talk with you. So now I have to ask this question. I have had it for years. What does NIAD stand for in your business name, NIAD Soap Arts? So uh, naiads are actually from Greek mythology. They are um, female spirits that preside over fresh water. Female so spirits of... that provide over fresh water. Pre preside well, over fresh water. Okay, so I love that. So you have a bath and body products company, so that's like perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, honestly, when I was starting the company, Company. It was one of those things where I had the product before I had the name. So I'm just like, you know, writing things down and, and trying to figure out like what worked with like the logo that I wanted to do. And that one just kind of stuck. So and I love and that. It, it can be pronounced Nyad or Nayad. People often ask me how to pronounce, pronounce it, but um, I pronounce it Nyad. Okay, it's it looks like Nyad, so you can actually include the I in there. But, um, you know, and this is great. I, I love that you said, you know, I had the business idea and everything, you know, in place before I had a name. I think a lot of us start that way. I certainly did. Yeah. So, so Aaron, tell me a little bit about this journey. You were laid off from your job as a graphics designer, and mm -hmm. what happened next? You just found some soap and said, "Hey, I'm going to make this." <laughs> well. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. The journey began um, at the job I was working at that I was eventually laid off um, from. I had some friends there, and they were like my crafty friends. 
and um, we would do craft days, all different types of things. And one day, one of my friends brought in this beautiful candy cane soap pop. And I said, hey, that is great. We have to make some soap on our next crafty day. Right. And so she brought all of her soap supplies, um, and we just made all kinds of some really ugly, some really beautiful soaps. Um, and that's when I found out that <clears> – <throat> My friend was actually working for a company called Soapy Love as a contract manufacturer. So um, we did our, you know, soapy day, whatever, and kind of couldn't stop after that. I think that's probably the case for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just really interested, too, because I had always had, like, terrible skin problems and, you know, weird dry patches, and rashes and acne. And so I really was just like, okay, I'm going to find the things that are going to help my skin. And, you know, I just started making tons and tons of products. Um, also with the Melt and Pour Soap, which is how I started, it was just so creative. You could just do such beautiful, wonderful, creative things. Um, and so um, I, you know, had all this soap and I was really into making soap that looked like chocolate at the time. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I made my soap and I had these chocolate bars and I found out about Etsy and I put them up on Etsy and, um, you know, I started getting sales here and there. Um, and it was just like a hobby, but we found out that we were getting laid off from our job and I totally freaked out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the, my company was really great. They gave us a month and they brought in, um, all kinds of people for us to consult with. They brought in business consultants. They, they brought in um, people to help us out with like trying to get unemployment and writing resumes. And they were, they really were sad that they had to let us go. And so they really gave us some tools to, um, to, you know, find our new journey. And while I was at that company, my boss, you know, cause it was like this, this month period, we were all kind of just doing nothing. Um, they let me go and get my business license and they let me go and do my sales permits while I was like there on the clock, which was really awesome and amazing. Um, and so that's kind of how it, the business officially started. Um, I was going to look for a new job right away, but, but my boyfriend at the time, who is now my wonderful support husband was like you should try and do this full-time um and i'll support you while you're you're trying to do this which is really awesome um i had actually been contacted by debbie from soapy love and we had started i had started doing some contract manufacturing for her before i got laid off and you know it was just that was the opportunity i I needed to grow my brand. Um, how, how wonderful that everything seemed to just sort of flow from this layoff, you know, and as you were talking, I'm thinking, Oh, wow, a dating site for men who want to support their women who are starting businesses. <laughs> I'm like, right. there's an entrepreneurial idea for the day from courtesy yeah, of, sure. of, of you, <laughs> of Aaron Picor. Yeah. So this is yeah. great. So you, you went from freak out to taking action. And the next thing you know, you're making money um, starting a business, some, some, you made some Etsy sales and your employer, at least for a month is paying you to start a business. How cool is that? And, yeah, and that yeah. was back in 20, uh, 20, oh, was that 2008? Um, 2007. Okay. Okay. So fast forward to today, so many different things have happened, you know, and I'm, I know from from watching you for so long, because you've been an Indie Business Network member for a while. And I, I, I love 
as I see you grow and as I see your business evolve over time, one of the things that's so amazing about what you do is you still maintain what appears to be really close personal relationships with the people you work with, your wholesale customers, the retail stores that your products are in, your Facebook page, everything is very personal. So how do you manage to be the maker and the leader of the business? And you're married, so you obviously have a personal life that includes another human being and you're doing all these things and you still manage to make your business look personal. How do you do that? What are your best tips to help other people do that? Oh, my best tips. Um, you know, I don't, well, I can say, I guess how I do it is just that I'm constantly doing something, you know, mm-hmm. um, if, if, if there's downtime with production, then I'm going to be online doing more marketing. Um, it's, I think it's really about time management is okay. what I would have to say for other people is, um, you know, make sure that you're making you have your have you your have your production schedule, and you know when there's moments in between, if you can send a tweet, if you can snap a photo of what you're doing to put on Instagram, um, you know those those little tiny breaks in between are really valuable times to market. Okay, so so while it may look like you're constantly tweeting all day, you aren't. You're squeezing it in in the 60 seconds that you have between this and this, right? Sure, right. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that yeah, I is... I still have plenty of time to yeah. watch TV and hang out with my husband. <laughs> I love that. And so what you're describing as, as we're talking, it seems to me, is like this is a skill. You, you don't start off your business knowing how to go back and forth like that, right? It's something that you learn how to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, um, my, my husband has been really great. He's actually into marketing. (laughs) And so he, you know, I would talk with him and just tell him, you know, how my day was going, what my troubles were. And he would just like throw out things. He would just say, Hey, you know, what, what can you do in this five minutes? Or he'd watch my process and be like, what could you be doing in this five minutes instead of like, you know, watching the mixer, you know, mix your scrub and, and so I kind of took that suggestion and, and wrote a list of things like, hey, <laughs> um, here's really tiny, like one minute, 30 second things that I can do to fill in this space and be like as super efficient as possible. So you're making making time your friend. You know, I just have to say that in my effort to do that, right, I work from home. And so I'll start dinner and things will be mixing and I'll come in my office to work <laughs> for a few minutes, Aaron. And in my case, dinner burns. It's like, oh. you know, so... I haven't quite grasped that skill yet, but I am trying. So now that's really good. So so what are some of the tools that you use? Do you have any technological tools that you use with social media that help you do that? Um, I, I really, I, I have my iPhone. <laughs> okay. I have my iPhone and I have Instagram. Okay. And I think Instagram is really great because you can post to Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook and, um, and Flickr, you know, all Mm -hmm. at once. And Mm -hmm. then you can have your Facebook automatically post to your Twitter. So, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have to go onto every single social media site in order to post something. I can just all, you know, do it all from one platform. Wow, Erin, that's great. And you know, since you are a graphic designer by trade, I have to ask you, what are your favorite apps and technological tools to use within Instagram to make your graphics pop? Right. So within Instagram, I mean, obviously there's 
beautiful filters. And so, you know, just pick one that makes your photo look the best, I suppose. But I I think people naturally can get things like composition, you know, like telling a story with a photo, it's not necessarily going to be like a straight on shot. Like it might be your product with lots of, you know, white space in the background, or, you know, you can use various apps to um, add things like, like uh, text mm-hmm. um, or images. I use um, t- uh, Tipic and I use PicStitch and I use SplitPick. And that's where you can kind of like, you know, you can do different within the, within the, within the same image um, um, uh, type. I guess it's typic I use to add text to photos um, sometimes. Um, I also use things outside of Instagram to make my images pop. Um, I use a, an app called Big Lens, mm-hmm. and that does really, really um, awesome like perspective mm-hmm. um, fil- effects and filters and it has really neat filters and so Mm -hmm. I use a lot of different apps to make the photos interesting kind of before I put them on Instagram but I mean if you're just using Instagram with like I said within the program itself there's really interesting filters and it's kind of just about you know taking a couple shots of something to get the most interesting picture you know like you don't necessarily just take I mean like when I do my own product photography I will take 20 of one thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and just pick the best one, you right, know? Right. Um, yeah. And then, and you know, it's, the right exposure, that kind of thing. it's funny that you mentioned that too, because I, I don't know what you do with the pictures that you don't choose, but I've always read from people who know these sorts of things, which, which I don't, cause I'm not a photographer and I don't play one, but um, you know, I, I do take so many pictures and I find that I save them all. And I've heard yeah. that one of the, you, you've got to like, this is what I've heard anyway, is that, you know, you don't save them all because they're not the best ones. You save the best ones and you use those and the other ones you just kind of get rid of because they just kind of take up space in your server or in your life and they just don't do you any good. So, um, you know, that's one way to kind of clean out space in your mind, I think, and help you keep it organized because whenever I open up my my photos on my iPhone and I see tons of pictures that, oh my gosh, I can't believe I still have that. It makes me feel overwhelmed and unorganized. So, so that's great. So yes, yes. So Aaron, take, take us back to the beginning of your business too. And thank you, by the way, for all those great Instagram apps. It's so important to have your graphics, right? You can have the best product ever, but if your graphics look awful, nobody's going to care because now, especially online, we are living in a graphics driven world. Yes. So absolutely. And there are so many, there are so, there's so much talent out there. I mean, even people who aren't photographers, who aren't designers, they just have parent, parent, talent. talent. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, I think people shouldn't be afraid that they can't do it or that they're not talented in that respect. Like, it, you know, a little bit of practice, seeing mm-hmm. what other people are doing and, mm-hmm. and you can do it. Like, don't be afraid of Instagram <laughs> or graphics. I know. And, <laughs> and you know, when you need it. <laughs> well, yes, get help. And there's a big fat key called delete. I mean, I can't tell you, I go, oh my gosh, I'm deleting that. I hope no one saw it. I hope it didn't get picked up by Google right. before I deleted yeah. it. So there's and nothing. you can go and clean stuff out too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, if, if like my Instagram page, page, I kind of feel like maybe I have some like, 
you know, stuff on there that's that's more personal or that isn't interesting, just go and delete those out, you yep. know, do, do some spring cleaning. Yes, yes. Good, good, good advice. So Erin, how does your business work? I mean, you have you have Etsy, you have your website, you have wholesale, you know, there are probably other things that you have that I don't know about. Tell us a, a little bit about how everything is structured and how you manage your business. Yeah, so I... I have a lot of different outlets for sales. Um, I do Etsy. That's how I started. Um, I do Etsy wholesale as well. Um, and that's like, it, for people who don't know, that's a separate thing that you can apply for. And um, so it's only, it's a separate part of Etsy that's only for wholesale customers. Um, we have our own website. I also sell on um, um, a site called Open Sky. Um, and I, I actually really like that site because um, there's a really big social media aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get followers and you can make posts that all your followers see. Mm-hmm. You can post your sales, you know, that kind of thing. You get likes, um, there's reviews. Um, I really like it. Um, I don't think it's for everybody. They do mm-hmm. take a pretty big commission, but um, we also uh, um, do trade shows. We mm-hmm. have started doing trade shows um, recently. And then we're trying to get into some of the bigger retail shows. Um, we're going to be doing Renegade in LA next month. And so if that, that goes well, then we're hoping to try and do some, uh, uh, Renegades in other cities. Um, yeah, I think, and then I'm, you know, I, I do get a lot of inquiry through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that I put links to wholesale sign up on my website uh-huh. and I got a lot of interest from that oh, I think good. it's easier for people to kind of click on that and go sign up as opposed to maybe emailing personally or you know just taking that extra step to go off mm-hmm. of the site mm-hmm. and then send an email um so that's been really good but I find that with wholesale inquiries like maybe 10 percent um are going to make a purchase so mm-hmm. just something to keep in mind um mm-hmm. so <laughs> um, so how I... go ahead no I just I always feel like I'm going, like I'm going off on, I'm getting off topic. So <laughs> no, you're, 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 no, you're not really, because I can see how you would think that, but here's how it all ties together. And I know you know, this is that you have like one big pot in the middle of all that. And it, it's almost like they're streams, they're income streams. And they, you have however many, you know, 20 little streams around the pot and each one brings in a little bit. You get 2% here, you get 5% there, you get 50% there, whatever it is. And so what you've created is a way for you to have a discrete line of products and, you know, 12 or 13 different ways that you funnel the sales into that big pot. And that's what everyone needs to do. So I I love that you mentioned all that because, you know, for example, um, you, you mentioned Open Sky. Well, obviously, that's a direct sales funnel, right? I go on Open Sky. I like the soap. I buy it. You get money. I get soap. Social media is a little bit different. Like, I got to follow you for a while. I want to see what you're up to. Oh, my gosh, I like your running shoes. I think I'm going to look at your soap. And that sounds so ridiculous. But tell, isn't that how it works? Yes. (laughs) I I think that's one great thing about social media is, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you asked earlier, and I don't think I I answered the question really, but how how do I mean? a personal relationship with my customers and that's kind of how I do do it it's like hey this is this watermelon juice that I made right like I I like juice you know I like doing this I like running I I like these things so 
maybe if you're interested in some of the things I'm interested in, you'll also be interested in buying my products. Yes. You know? Um, yes. and yes, yes. And yeah. And, and, and Oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at your website too, and I'm looking at the watermelon juice and the running shoes. So, you guys, I'm telling you, if you want some eye candy, the products are great too. We have to say that, but um, but the pictures are also just awesome. So, like, Aaron, what what are your tips for you know managing something like wholesale? Because I because I know as I've watched your business grow over the years, you have not always been involved in wholesale. Um, at least it hasn't been yeah. clear. It's like really clear you are now. So, tell us a little bit about. Like, what are your best tips and ideas for making the transition from, um, you know, from not doing wholesale to just some basic stuff for people who might be thinking about, you know, dipping their toe in that water? Yeah, I think um, I really did not go about it in a, a very organized way. I basically was getting inquiries for wholesale and I was like hey sure I'll do wholesale right um how much am I supposed to charge you you know that right. kind of thing um and so there's some great researchers out there now I know Leela Barker um through Lucky Break has you know all of her mm-hmm. tips and tricks and how to do wholesale and that um and um I would I would say if you're starting out just make sure that your price point is right mm-hmm. make sure that your retail price can be you know chopped into two thirds for a wholesale price mm-hmm. and that you're still making a decent profit. Um, okay. That was something I really struggled with in the beginning was how to properly price things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make sure that the products you decide to wholesale can be scaled mm. because, you know, it's great if somebody's like, Hey, I need 10 of this and I need 10 of this and I need 10 of this. And you know, you're like, Oh great. Okay. I can do that. But then if someone's like, you know, I need a hundred of this and 500 of this. So, you know, Right. Make sure that you have some kind of plan. Even if you're not implementing it, make sure that you have some kind of plan as to how you're going to scale, especially like within the space that you're in, because we can't mm-hmm. all go out necessarily and get, um, you know, a facility next week so that we can handle like a 10,000 piece order, you know, so right. Um, right. make sure you can, you can do it within and be very honest with your customers. Like mm-hmm. it might be very enticing to to take an order for just a crazy amount of product. And the worst thing you can do is not fulfill that order right. in the timeline that you promised. Right. So right. always be very honest with, with your customers, even if it means you have to, mm-hmm. you know, say no to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you bring up an interesting point that, you know, seems seems obvious, but it's not obvious to everyone. And that is that you don't have to wholesale your entire line of products. Yeah. So you can just wholesale, as you said, the ones where there's, you know, that you can actually make, you know, by the thousand batch full and also the ones that have the most profit margin in them. Right. Yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your best selling wholesale product? Um, the sugar scrubs. Oh, sugar scrub. And what's, what's the most popular fragrance there? Um, beach house or cardamom vanilla. Mm, okay, cardamom vanilla. It's the season for that. So um, you know yeah. what to you know what to do, guys, Nyadsoaparts.com. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about Soapy Love. So I you know, I never knew that story that, you know, you actually learned about Soapy Love. And just so everyone knows, Soapy Love is a brand that uh, of of melt and pour soap that made soapy pops and 
It was owned by uh, a former member of IBM and your company recently acquired it. So tell us a little bit about how that evolved. I know that you and the owner of Soapy Love were great friends because I would see all these pictures of you guys in sunny Southern yeah. California and I'd be like, I want to be there. But it's <laughs> like so jealous right. of all the great, you know, you're on the beach and everything. But anyway, I loved watching that friendship develop. So tell us a little bit about the business end of that and how it all came about, Erin. Yeah. So like, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I was introduced to Soapy Love really early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she contacted me right after I got laid off from my job about doing contract manufacturing. So I've kind of been behind the scenes as her wholesale manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then recently, you know, she just wanted to pursue other opportunities. Uh Um, And so I kind of, you know, I just approached her and, and I said, Hey, you know, if you're looking to hand it over, I let's talk. (laughs) So we, we went out to breakfast one morning and we, We, you know, we talked about it and figured out what we were going to do. And actually, um, she is still the owner. She mm-hmm. still owns the trademarks and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and so basically what I'm doing is I'm licensing from okay. her at this okay. point. So okay. I'm I'm basically like the sole manufacturer, distributor, um, uh, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, Thank you for clarifying yeah. that, too, because I think I said acquired so whoops that wasn't right um i thought i had read that somewhere though but i so i apologize for that so i love that and you know you you're you've created a creative way to uh change the business models for both of you around and everybody wins yes right yeah yeah exactly you know i mean debbie was at the point where she just had you know her other opportunities that she wanted to pursue and Mm -hmm. and this is kind of our way to, to kind of keep soapy love Going. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, it's, such, so, it's so amazing. I remember one Christmas, I bought 20 bars of Soapy Love. Now I know you probably made them. We bought 20 bars <laughs> of Soapy Love soap for my daughter, who at the time was just in love with all the colors and she couldn't decide. So we got them all for Christmas. It was oh, like, it's so oh, crazy. Yeah, she was really, really happy. So I love that. So like, if there's anybody out there that might be thinking about selling their business and maybe, you know, they don't want to go a traditional route, you can think about a licensing arrangement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it makes it, it, it's kind of easy. I mean, Debbie and I have a great relationship and we trust each other. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And if anyone's out, out there doing that, you know, it's smart to have some kind, even if it's a friend, have some kind of little contract written up mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just so that everyone is really clear with intentions and, and you know, um, and, you know, any anything that might come up in the future can be referred back to right. the contract. Right, um, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. So, like, what's, like, the biggest Thank mistake you. you ever made in your business? What's the biggest mistake <laughs> you ever made? Oh, my gosh, the biggest mistake I've ever made. And while you're thinking about that, let me just tell our listeners, I didn't tell Erin about this question. It just occurred to me <laughs> just to ask. So she didn't have like any time to think about it. But well, just, well, there's so many. There's, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't even believe it's that. Really hard, it's really hard to figure out which one is the biggest. Uh, um, I think I think honestly, it, it, it would have to be self-doubt to the point mm. where I, I bent over backwards for customers that I didn't really get along with. Um, I, I did things that I felt like may have compromised my integrity as Mm -hmm. a soap maker and a Mm -hmm. business person. Mm -hmm. And I, I 
I part of part of that whole integrity thing is I just and bending over backwards is I at one point just decided I need to have everything. I need to have like bath teas and bath salts and a facial product and I need to have you know just so many products because people you know one person would say hey do you sell a shampoo? I'd be like no but I can you know <laughs> and and so like at this point I'm really confident that I don't need to change my products. I need to find the right customers for my products. And so it makes managing the line a lot easier. Oh, okay. I have, um, to, I have to stop you there. I don't need to change my products. I need to change the people that I'm offering my products to. Right. Ooh, yeah. I just want that to sink in. And you know what else is so amazing about what you just said, if I could just pause for one second, because this is you're dropping some gems here. And I want to make sure we don't miss them. I said, what was the biggest mistake you ever made? And you said self doubt. So your biggest mistake was not something you did. It was something you thought. Ooh, that is deep. Okay, so because what we do proceeds from what we think. And so the thought that you were doing something wrong is what precipitated the action that you now know, you know, you probably would have been better not doing. So so I love that flow, Aaron, because it's it, it just shows us that so much of what we can we can't control everything, but we can control what we think, right? It's like can save yourself yeah, yeah. so much trouble. I love that. Thank you for sharing so honestly from those experiences. You're welcome. Wow. That's just really and, and I love the idea as you just said, as you know, it's not I heard a speaker say this once. She said, you know, I think she said her father asked her this. Why are you changing your um, your speech for every single audience you go to? Just pick one speech and deliver it everywhere. It's like it seems so right. obvious when you say it after the fact. But when you're mired in those details, it isn't. But that principle, as we've just illustrated, doesn't apply just to makers or speakers. That's a principle of business. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I really think, you know, because, you know, you asked the question, the biggest mistake, and I really think like mistakes in business aren't really mistakes if they don't have, the, the thing is, I've never had anything happen where it just had huge financial consequences, and I had to stop doing my business. Mm-hmm. Good. So I don't think I've experienced that type of mistake. Um, We're glad but, about but that. Yeah, I think mistakes, thank you. <laughs> I think mistakes along the way are really important, because you can, you can be advised and you can be told that something might not be right Mm -hmm. but you know sometimes we have to experience it for ourselves and we have to learn from our our own mistakes rather than the mistakes of others so I kind of like embrace mistakes a little bit Mm -hmm. um, in business and as long as you have that self-confidence like and as long as you have self-confidence in what you're doing you're not going to have the um, Mm self-doubt the self-doubt Um, because you've made a mistake, you know, that's not going to prohibit you from moving forward. Right. And you learn that over time, right? You learn it by doing, you know, several things that you would maybe call a mistake, maybe you would use a different word, but you learn that by doing those things and then recovering from them. And I know for me over time, it's like, when I make a mistake, I kind of go, oh, there she goes again, another mistake. (laughs) It's kind of, um, you can, uh, I guess they call it maybe another way for saying it is kind of failing fast, like, whoops, shouldn't sure. have done that. Let me fix that now. <laughs> it's, it's the bigger right, version of exactly. deleting that Instagram post. Whoopsie, shouldn't have done that. And then yeah. you recover from it faster as you go forward. Yeah, and that's a really great 
point too, like the really fast recovery. I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's like, if you think like, if you just dwell on something and you're like, well, I cut, this isn't working, but I'm going to kind of keep doing it anyway. It's like, if you, you have any doubts about something, just stop doing it, you know, put it in a notebook, revisit it later. If you feel, you know, it's the right time, but right. Just stop, stop whatever negative behavior, bad habit, whatever it is in its tracks as soon as possible. Well, and I, I think some people are fearful of doing that because, and I can relate to this because you have to tell everybody, I mean, if it's a new product that you just launched and it's awesome, and two months later, you decide it for whatever reason, it was a mistake. It's like, then everybody knows. It's like, maybe they missed the Instagram post, but everybody knows about that vanilla sugar whip you made. And and, and you're not offering anymore. And so you kind of it's like, you can't hide, you, you have to, you know, tell people that it's gone. And maybe someone will ask why and you know, well, because every single one was returned and everyone hated it. Well, you don't want to say that. But that's the kind of thing. But but you're right. It's just like, so what just just put it aside, and move on from there. And we all have to learn how to do that. And as you said, we have to do it quickly, because, you know, our customers aren't going to wait for us to make up our minds to do something different. (laughs) We just have to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of like the idea too if like you're going to let's say retire a product Uh do it like in a grand fashion like Uh make an event of it you know like I kind of like how Ben and Jerry's does um like their graveyard flavors and everything Uh it's like well they know that the product isn't selling and they have you know this special place like you know that everyone can visit and you know visit these products that are retired but you know I, I mean do it as like a sale or something. Just be like, you know, we're retiring this scent. Here's your last chance to get it. Well, you know, I don't know. Right, something. Right. Oh, I love something that idea. That, yeah. You could create a link at your website. Six, right? Everything we 86. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't Definitely. know that Ben and Jerry's did that. I'm going to go try and find all their graveyard flavors. I like that. Yeah, I think there's actually like a, a graveyard at Ben and Jerry's you can go and visit oh. I'm from the east coast so I, I must have been to Ben and Jerry's once I don't know <laughs> oh my Vermont, goodness. Right? <laughs> well I'm from the east coast and I didn't know that so now That's I feel true. like you, yeah you are. but my heart is in California as I keep saying I see all the pictures of you and I'm like I want to go there so um <laughs> what what I have so many more questions I want to ask you Aaron but I, I'm not going to because we're almost out of time so I'm going to boil it down to this one because I know that you um, have been in business long enough to really, really be able to, um, you're, you're a mentor. I mean, you are someone that people look up to. You've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, um, you know, Debbie, your, your business, you're friends with her, but also you guys have been business colleagues and she's, she's a very smart entrepreneur as well. So. Oh yeah. She's amazing. She is. And I imagine the two of you together, like masterminding on steroids, another reason why I need to go out there and hang out with you on the beach. But um, what are like three things that you would leave people who are, who are looking at their maker businesses going, ah, it's just not, I'm just, it's too hard. I'm struggling. I don't know if I'm going to make it. What three words of encouragement can you offer to them as we close out today, Aaron? Three words. Um, I well, I I I guess if I boiled my the concept down to three words, it would be enough for everyone. Which is, um, I feel like, I feel like there's enough 
there's enough customer base out there for everyone who is a maker. There's a lot, I think, I, I think for me in the bath and body industry, mm -hmm. it's, it's really getting saturated at this point. And there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of really talented people and a lot of really great products. And, you know, going back to what I said about finding your customer, like if you're getting discouraged, instead of changing your whole product, you might have to change your whole product line, you know, if you're getting bad feedback or whatever, but if you're really happy with your products, mm -hmm. go and find your customers, mm -hmm. you know, try, try different places to sell, um, try different marketplaces, mm -hmm. try doing trade shows. Um, because what I found, you know, I, I, cause I was struggling. Oh, I had this fantastic year and then I just, you know, Oh, these years were horrible. I mean, they were like, you know, definitely red in the red years. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and instead of changing my product line, I was like, how else can I, can I get the right. product out there? Mm -hmm. So I looked into hiring sales reps, um, mm -hmm. that worked a little bit for a while and then it didn't work. And, and then I started doing wholesale trade shows and my feedback was your packaging is awesome and different. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that because of the community I'm in, like mm -hmm. I see what people are doing and I don't feel like I'm unique, but mm -hmm. you know, these people thought I was unique and they had never seen the products. Mm. They never thought of selling handmade soap in mm -hmm. their store. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was just a really big eye opener to me, um, that you have to go and you have to find your customers if mm -hmm. you're struggling. Awesome. Um, and, and if you're struggling, and you're really lost get some consultation I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that's my big thing that I'm doing moving forward like I actually I just hired a lawyer to help me with some stuff awesome. um, I just hired somebody to help me set up QuickBooks because I've been using like uh, Quicken and Excel and you know just there's spreadsheets everywhere for inventory for income for expense and it's just a mess especially with so many different revenue streams um, and so I'm getting help I'm probably going to hire somebody to help me consult on Sobe Love and Nyad to get the two more integrated mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so that it flows a little bit better. I mean, I, I do want to keep them separate to some extent, but, you know, getting getting the companies kind of under one roof. I or love, the brands under one roof. love, love those tips. And you know, what's interesting is that I asked you for three words of encouragement and I've been, you know, taking notes as you were talking and you gave more than that, but each one is actually three words. So um, <laughs> you said, hire a lawyer. You said, get some help. And I think, um, you know, thirdly, and so importantly, enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. Very good, Aaron. That's hot stuff. I really, really like that. You boiled it down. And, and, and I really love that you focused at first on enough for everyone. And you also said, find your customer. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, four three word phrases <laughs> that we can leave you with today from Aaron Picor at Nyad Soap Arts. Awesome advice for makers and handmade <laughs> entrepreneurs. Where do we go to get your products? I know you said you sell them in a lot of places. What what are the your favorite ones? And what's the holiday? So what should we get? Uh, oh, the holiday. Well, we have a lot of holiday stuff. Um, our cranberry sugar cookie soap is a hot seller okay. and it may be sold out fast so i would i would look for the cranberry sugar cookie so okay um and um online i mean you can it, anywhere you know right. twitter instagram just go at nyad so okay course. um you can find us there we're on open sky um, okay like i said so awesome yeah awesome
So, and I just want to make sure I I leave everyone with the correct spelling here. It's N-A-I-A-D, NIADSoapArts.com. Go check it out. And if you're out there in Southern California, find Erin and see if you can uh, spend some time with her (laughs) on the boardwalk um, and make me more jealous because I love love seeing all your pictures. They're great. So we're going to take some inspiration from your Instagram tips as well. Thanks so much for joining us, Erin. We're excited to have you, and thanks for all the great tips. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Erin Pakor at Nyad Soap Arts. I am so inspired by her story and especially those tips that she gave at the end. Those were just some great mindset ideas. I hope you incorporate those into your life and into your business. And if you enjoyed this episode of Indie Business Podcast, won't you show us some love? It really helps us to spread the word and really just to let other people know that they can tune in as well and learn from all these fantastic makers and handmade entrepreneurs. Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love and if you're already logged into Twitter all you need to do is click one button and you'll be able to tweet some love about the Indie Business Podcast. I so appreciate when you do that because it helps me to tell more people about the fantastic things that real small business owners are doing across the country. I'll see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, Break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.